The Gospel reading is from the book of Mark, the second chapter. The reading is printed on the back of your bulletin, or you can follow along in your pew Bibles on page 813. When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door, and he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified. God saying, We have never seen anything like this. Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick I have come to call, not the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them. Can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak, otherwise the patch pulls away from it. The new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, and so are the skins. But one puts new wine into the fresh wineskins. Let us pray. These are your words, O Lord. Your word is the truth. Lead us into the truth. Amen. So the problem in the first part of our story today is paralysis. Paralysis. The, for the central character in our story from Mark chapter 2, his problem is paralysis. Whether through injury or, or disease, somehow 
His spinal cord was damaged in just the right spot, and now he lay motionless day after day, requiring help with the simplest of tasks, getting dressed, eating, drinking. Someone had to help him with all of it. He was unable to move, unable to make a living, unable to function. He, he was paralyzed. But the man who was lowered through the hole in the roof that day wasn't the only one in the story who was paralyzed. He's, he's really just the most obvious one. The friends, in a way, are paralyzed too. I mean, they, they seem determined to act, and, and we'll learn later that they're pretty relentless at finding their friend the help that he needs. But when they get to Jesus' house, they discover the place just teeming with others. And at first glance, these friends could have easily been convinced that Jesus was, he was just far too busy for them and their friend. They, they could have easily believed that Jesus was not accessible. We'll come back to their tenacity and their relentlessness a little later. But, but for now, let's say that even if it was just for a split second, the crowds have made these friends paralyzed, unable to move forward in the way that they had first hoped. But I really think, actually, the most significant paralysis in this story isn't with the man on the mat or with his friends. There is debilitating paralysis in the onlookers as well. What paralyzes them? Their doubt. When this man descends from a fresh hole in Jesus' roof and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, they are suddenly stuck. Right? Spiritually stuck. He can't do that. Can he? Only God can forgive sin. Right? He doesn't know. Jesus doesn't know where this man has been. He, he doesn't know why he's paralyzed. Jesus doesn't know this man's past. How dare he forgive sin? Right? Who does he think he is? Anyway. As I said before, the man lowered through that hole in the roof wasn't the only one who's paralyzed. He's just the most obvious one. But Jesus, right, is sad. He's the Son of God, after all. And Jesus, Son of God, quickly realized that of all the paralyzed people in the story, the one on the mat being lowered by ropes wasn't the most paralyzed. It was the ones paralyzed by doubt and faithlessness that most needed healing. And so what does Jesus do? Filled with love, as Jesus always is, Jesus did something about it. First, he addressed this man's most urgent need, his individual need, but also his community need. He forgives sin. He removes any question about whether this man's paralysis was some sort of cruel punishment from God, right? If he or those looking on ever wondered if this man was paralyzed because because he did something wrong, or his parents or grandparents did something wrong, that can, that can be cast out the window. Because that's, that's not how God works. Your sins are forgiven, Jesus says. And then Jesus tackles the greater problem of spiritual paralysis. Which is easier, he asks, to forgive sin or to say, get up and walk? And the, the doubters were probably thinking, uh, uh, both, <laughs> right? You, you can't fix paralyzed, and you can't change the reality of sin. But what Jesus does next makes their jaws hang open, right? He tells the man to get up and walk. 
And he does. And why does Jesus do it? Well, of course he does it to give another beautiful gift to this man who just moments earlier had been paralyzed, but also to prove to these paralyzed, doubtful onlookers that they were wrong. To deal with their paralysis, their spiritual paralysis head on, Jesus shows them that that if he wants to do something, like forgive sin, he is free to do so. They can doubt all they want, it's not going to stop him. And so he doesn't wait for them to let go of their doubts, he just kind of reaches over and knocks it right out of their hands, so to speak. And all they can say is, we've never seen anything like this. The problem in the story is paralysis. Just as the problem in our lives, in our world, is paralysis too. There are those among us, maybe even the one preaching, right, who has some paralysis, right? It's not the most obvious ones always around us, right? I think there's some among us who are paralyzed or limited in a way very similar to the man on the mat, right? There may be people among us today or listening on the radio um, paralyzed or limited in some way physically because of, of disease or injury, right? There's those among us plagued by arthritis or, or cancer or worn out knees and hips. There are those among us whose eyesight or, or hearing is failing and it's preventing you from, from fully uh, participating in life the way that you used to. Right? And while God certainly can heal your physical infirmities, We've seen that countless times just into chapter 2 of the Gospel of Mark. What God is most concerned about is your spiritual well-being. What God wants more than anything is for you to learn to depend on Him for all of your daily needs. For life and breath, for morning and evening. That's a truth that no illness or injury could ever take away. And when you have that, right, illness and injury can come all they want, but you know, you know to whom you belong, right? You know that your sins are forgiven, that you are connected with the creator of heaven and earth. But others of you might be paralyzed like, like the friends in the story, right? And it's the obstacles that the world places in front of you that hinder you from truly experiencing God's love and grace, right? There, there must be a million voices out there that, that want to see you miserable and alone. Right? They tell you, you're not worth anything. Right? You're, you're, uh, you're too old or you're too young or you're too overweight or you're, you're, you're too foolish or you're too sinful. Any list, right? To be embraced or forgiven or to be put to work in God's kingdom. Just go back home, right? Try, try another day when Jesus isn't so busy. And we believe those voices. We believe that that little voice in our heads that say, why bother praying? Don't you know that God's already listening to countless other people, countless other prayers? And by the way, those people are way more religious than you, so get in line. Some of you are paralyzed by those notions, right? And in the same way the friends were, right? You, You can just imagine what's going through their minds when they started climbing up on the roof. They're just waiting for someone to shout, hey! What are you doing up on the roof, right? Silly, what are you doing up there? Get down from there. Or when they dug the hole in Jesus' roof, they probably waited for Jesus to look up and go, what are you doing to my roof? You know? But Jesus didn't say those things. 
He welcomed them. He admired their faith. And today, right, do likewise. Do likewise. Right where you are, demand a blessing. Demand forgiveness. Demand new life. Right? Don't let anyone stop you. Say, I have come for a blessing that only God can give. I have come to be forgiven and renewed and sent into the world to do something with my gifts and talents, and I'm not leaving till I get it. Because today your sins are forgiven. Today you are strengthened and empowered for service in God's kingdom, whoever you are. And you may depart from this place in peace. But maybe, maybe it isn't the world that that keeps you from Jesus. Maybe, maybe it's something within you. Right? Like those religious onlookers in the story, convinced that God doesn't have any, any real power, convinced that, that God isn't really all that active in our lives or the lives of those around us. Maybe you've gotten that way for a variety of reasons. Maybe a series of unfortunate events in your life convinced you eh, maybe isn't a God in the universe. You enjoyed Sunday school as a, a little, little guy, but boy, when you became a man or a, a woman, you were, you know, you were insistent that you, now you've grown up, huh? And uh, independent, right? Kind of quit believing in all that higher power stuff. Or maybe somewhere along the way you got convinced that the primary teaching of religion was really about rules, right? And that that God's power was really just reduced to, if you do this, God will do this. So there's a lot of reasons why we experience that kind of faith paralysis. We're paralyzed with this notion that God's a fine idea, but he's not very likely to act in any real or meaningful way in my life. Um, maybe we show up at church convinced, it's probably going to be the same old thing, right? Same preacher, same people, same message, blah, 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 right? Um, but I'm challenging you to believe that you have come to be in the presence of God Almighty today. That God is, in fact, here. Right? No matter how ordinary it might seem, God is, is here. That, that we're not sort of ruggedly independent cowboys who make our own way in the world, but that we are, that we are dependent um, on, on God's mercy and love, which God provides in abundance to us. That without, without God, we're as paralyzed as the man in our story today. Maybe even as paralyzed as the religious onlookers. To be convinced that God's more than a mere story, more than a mere concept, that God is the source of life in the universe. To admit that and to embrace it. Um, to be freed from our paralysis of indifference and doubt to live in the name of Christ. Because our sins are forgiven for the sake of Christ. And when those words are spoken, something beautiful and powerful happens, even if we don't feel anything at all. And so people of God, come one and all to the feet of Jesus Christ today. Bring, your, bring whatever you got with you. Right? If it's your struggles or your self-doubt, your indifference, just lay it at the feet of Christ today. He will give you a new future with Him. right? And with eyes to see and newly oriented lives, may you walk from here filled with this wonder that his love can bring. As you go back into the world to do his work, may Christ's power, love, and forgiveness leave you marveling. Wow. We've never seen anything like this.
in Jesus' name.